thrilled to have uh, Will with me. Those of you who are familiar with the table community certainly know and love him already. Will James, of course, has become kind of like the voice of the table. You're like the voice of the table. <laughs> Everybody's like, what's this? Can can Will read that? It's like everybody, <laughs> no matter what it is, it's like whatever the grocery list or whatever people want to hear you read it. Um, but Will is uh, one of my very very close friends, and what all can we even say about you? I mean, you're a you're a lawyer. You're a man of you love pop culture and stuff like me. You're kind of like kind of a geek in that wonderful way. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're a lot of the, you're a Renaissance man. You're you're a lot of things. I mean, I don't know that I've been described that way, but I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. I appreciate it. So, part of what I wanted to do very early on with the um, with the Zeitcast with this new season is I wanted um, kind of a recurring cast of my friends, uh, the people that I actually love to talk to about all kinds of things, just to come on and just to be able to talk like we talk. So. Um, right now, as we are, um, we're at my house and specifically, cause uh, you know that this is something that we'll always be dealing with on the Zycast Barrel Proof, uh, the question of what's in your glass, what's in your glass, everybody, what do you have at home? So tonight, what I poured for us is a little bit, so <laughs> I just made fun of myself for the way I say rye, <laughs> this is a rye, this is a rye I'm really into right now, the Rossville Union uh, MGP Distillery in Indiana sources the juice for probably about half the bourbons or so in America. Uh, but in more recent years, actually started doing kind of their own name brand line. So like the George Remus is one that I really love. They also then started the Rossville Union line of rise. And fairly recently, I discovered this Rossville Union barrel proof, uh, 112 proof. And I, um, I, I just, I am really crazy about it. What are, how are you feeling about the, uh, the Rossville Union? This is honestly... One of the smoothest things I've ever, ever had. Yeah. Um, yes, this is fantastic. I'm, as you know, I'm more of a Scotch yes. person. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to get into the bourbons, uh, and but this is fantastic. I'm really I'm of course I'm evangelistic about everything and certainly about bourbon, but you are more a Scotch person and have been uh, and generous to indulge me <laughs> with like all the bourbon stuff. But yeah, I'm like, I just think this rye so is so special. I mean, you have some of the classic. Rye notes. I mean, always there's going to be a bit of that kind of spearmint uh, dill and and spice going on, but it is um, it it it's so balanced. And to be 112 proof, but it just goes down so easy. There's almost like there's something kind of candied about this and delicious that I'm just uh, I just can't get enough of. Yeah, and that it's hard to believe it's 112. Yeah, right. I know. It's really, I know. Hard to yeah, it drinks like it's like 90 proof. It just goes. Like the first word you said about it was dangerous. dangerous. And I thought that this Absolutely. is like this is a dangerous, but this is dangerously hide it from drinkable. Yourself. So, um, oh hey, <laughs> I can actually see your comments. This is great. This is working again. I've not done this before, so I was so glad to work. Uh, Nicole is there. Jordan is there. Um, so yeah, let us know what uh, what's in your glass at home. This is definitely. Uh, I wanted to talk about a few things here. The kind of stuff again. I just love to talk to uh, to Will about. But hey, um, you know, one of the things I did want to do with the Zycast this go round was respond a little bit more in real time to just things that are happening in the world. And we were talking or texting, whatever, a little about this whole Joe Rogan thing and Spotify. Um, I feel like a lot of conversation around this happening, like in our in our space. How would you even, I assume you guys are kind of been tracking with all this. How would you even, how would you sum up this story as it is knowing it's still unfolding kind of minute to minute? Yeah. So 
it's kind of weird. I would have looked at it one way yesterday and a little bit different today. Um, so he's been accused, I suppose, of spreading misinformation. Yeah. Uh, particularly about the vaccine for COVID. Um, Neil Young pulls his music right. from Spotify, which triggers uh, some more people to do the same thing. Joni Mitchell pulled as well. Um, and then, so that started this interesting conversation with me and Deanna, at least, mm. of where does this go from here and how many people have to fall, follow suit in order for it to make any sense. Because right, right. when you're a musician, they're paying you fractions on yes. your, your, what is being streamed by you. But they've cut Joe a $100 million check. Right. And that money's already gone. So like they want, they want that return. So you yeah. have to affect them in a way that would be far more impactful than I think anyone really can understand. Yeah. But at the same time, they're in a weird position because they didn't give him that platform. Right. He showed up with it. That's right. And so to, for me, my initial response was there's nothing they can do because if yeah. they send him home, he can buy some servers. Sure. And just keep doing what he was doing yeah. before. Yeah. And that, you know, if, you, if you're him and you charge 50 cents a month for your mm -hmm. own website. Mm-hmm. At what I think was 11 million streams an episode, you know, you make, you can get that hundred back, right? In a year and a half, yeah. You know, and it's uh, so it's it's an interesting position to be in. But the thing that has happened in the I want to call it the aftermath, it's still kind of ongoing. It's that there's all of these other things, yes that he has said or done mm -hmm. on the podcast from well beyond, mm -hmm. well before the Spotify deal. And before before he really blew up, right? Stuff that seemed to be pretty buried. Like, I know these, some of these clips and yes. circulating I had not seen before. And so the interesting thing about that is all of that existed. Yeah. But it didn't become a thing we wanted to speak about in public until there was something else. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how I feel about sitting on the amount of times he's used the N-word. Mm -hmm. um, or, and you know, I guess before we can go, like, he apologized for that, I guess, today, I want to yeah. say. But he apologized for the use of the N-word, right? But also going around are clips of him just speaking about black people in general. Yeah, yeah which he did not address yeah. or apologize for. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't know that these clips are circulating mm -hmm. or not, but I'm more troubled with how he speaks about things and how he's always spoken yeah. about people groups. Mm -hmm. Like I, um, cause I, I'll admit, I used to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast quite a bit. Mm. Um, it's something that is easy to have on the background for what I do for work. Mm. Um, my kind of internal monologue is real loud. Sure. So if I have somebody else's going on, I can quiet mine so I can get things done. Yeah. And uh, he and Mark Marin were things I just listened to in the background. Sure. And sure. I thought they were good. They were good opposites mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and I had to stop listening to him eventually because I would get a you know a little bit in and then I'd have to turn it off. Mm. Um, but he, there were. 
there was offense for the sake of offense. Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, which again, I'm not necessarily saying he should be censored, but um, I just think it's an interesting conversation to have because if you can talk about, for instance, um, white men having better brains. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Uh, and not feel like that's something to apologize mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. That's odd to me. Mm-hmm. Like to me to say, well, I said the N word in a context I thought was okay. Yeah. And I realize it's not, so I apologize. But I'm not going to address this other thing. It says, well, you don't know what you're really in need of apology for. Or the Planet of the Apes clip. The clip about yes, going to the see the Planet of the Apes and it yes. being Planet of the Apes. So like, okay, I'm not sure what context would soften that. I mean, like, right. wow. And I, I, I would like to think that he has evolved some extent yeah. from those times. But it's that kind of stuff that goes into building that 11 million yes. streams per yes. episode. So his, regardless of how he might be evolving or growing as an individual, mm-hmm. he has maybe inadvertently, created a platform that a lot of negativity feeds off of. Yeah. And I don't know what we do about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a real messy place to be. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's not something... Like, nobody pulled their music first. You know, like, like Neil right. Young had polio because mm-hmm. there was no vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, so his... His frustration with misinformation on vaccines yeah. is rooted in a very personal thing. Like this personally affected him, so he did something. Yeah. He's a big enough name, so it caught uh, it caught traction. But we're now in this weird place of well, what else should we? You know, they pulled right. 113 episodes of a show, right? And those were not COVID episodes. Yeah. And so you're, so now Spotify is doing the the due diligence they should have done, mm-hmm. and but they're in a they're in a they're in a tough place. Um, I'm glad Brene Brown is back. I'm glad she's going to be doing her show and it's going to continue on Spotify at this point, right? Right, because she felt like it was successfully addressed. Yes, by Spotify or by by Spotify, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, because they're going to issue. Um, like a disclaimer. Yeah, okay, right, right. Uh, misinformation disclaimers. Right. But the my question is, are we going to issue a disclaimer when he's going to speak about black super athletes? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because like, that, that, that is the same kind of thing where it's these backhanded comments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The eloquent quarterback. Right, you know, right. We're not used to that. Why aren't you used to that? You yeah. Know? Um, and it's just, uh, it's an interesting thing because we, uh, I, I don't want to get too far into it, but I was, um, we were at a hotel pool yesterday mm. and I overheard this conversation, um, that went towards kind of like a slavery apologist slant. Ooh. Wow. Like, you know, lots of people picked cotton. Oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so I'm like, what's going on right now? And the reason I'm bringing it up is as that conversation twisted, Oof. someone was like, oh, that reminds me. Do you listen to Joe Rogan? Wow. So it went from who has it, 
Who hasn't had someone pick their cotton in their time to, <laughs> to Joe Rogan? This was an actual shift yes. in the conversation. Wow. And, I, and that speaks to me of the audience that he Ooh, has built. Good grief. And I don't, I'm not putting that on him. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're responsible for what we do with our platform. Yeah, sure. And the bigger it gets, you need to understand. Like he, He's had the founder of the Proud Boys. Right. Right. Alex Jones multiple times. Yeah. It's like these are not I am not saying silence these voices. Sure. But you don't have to give them a megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to, where's the opposition to mm-hmm. that voice? Mm-hmm. Like it can't just be this is controversial, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. In the same way that we didn't know when we when when the second amendment is written. We don't know there's going to be automatic machine mm-hmm. guns. Mm-hmm. We didn't know you could turn on a microphone and have 11 people listen to you every That's couple right. of days. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Like, there's a responsibility you should have on yourself. Yes. To yes. address the past. To I want Joe pulling those episodes. Yeah, yeah. I want him saying, look, yeah. I said this. I don't need Spotify to yeah. pull these for me. I'm pulling them. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I think it's a real messy, messy situation. And I hope the conversation doesn't die quickly because I yeah. think we need to keep having it. It is messy and it is fascinating, Will, on, I mean, a couple of fronts. Cause, and I legitimately, and this isn't like something I'm just sort of playing out rhetorically. Um, I really, when we talked about it a little bit this week, um, I have real tensions in this conversation about where responsibility lies. I mean, like, so I've never been a Joe Rogan guy, and I'm not. I think any of this sort of like real broy types. There's like a vibe that, but I mean, I I get the appeal, and this is actually something um, <laughs> not trying to emulate, but we've talked about a lot about even with the Zeitcast, and one of the things I love about the idea of trying to do it more frequently is I get this idea of almost like what morning radio um, used to be in the sense of like okay. Here's a voice. Here's somebody who's available every day. There's a familiarity. There's a kind of rapport connection with the audience. The whole idea of long form, frequent, that, that's that been the most fascinating thing for me about the phenomenon. Is it like, wow, people are interested in tuning in to hour and a half conversations mm-hmm. day after day, like, you know, et cetera. But I've never been, you know, I've never been a listener. So anything I know would be through clips and all that. But it's kind of, um, it's like, so on the one hand, I mean, I'm somebody who... I never, and there was a great documentary uh, years ago called The Corporation. Um, like, I, I'm always going to be about, okay, corporate responsibility. Corporations should take responsibility for what they do. Uh, going on about things like the fact that so often in America, corporations are given the rights of the individuals do in ways that they should not. So I feel like nine times out of ten, I'm going to be the person to say, like, yeah, like the corporation should be accountable, blah, blah. But I feel like now it's like such a uniquely complicated moment because especially when there's this whole self-perpetuating cycle that whenever, especially since I feel like a lot of these things are, can feel like they're happening too, uh, too little too late. And I do love whether it be Brene Brown or whoever. I think it's always good and right for artists to step up to the plate and speak how they feel. And, you know, that's what we need artists to do. But it's like now we're in this cycle where, you know, already it feels like people are so actively trying to build this narrative of they are afraid of Joe Rogan. They are afraid of the truth. Who's the comedian that used to be with, um, 
Katy Perry, um, you know what I'm talking the British guy, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Now Russell Brand is really doing this thing now. It's very much like they're out to get you. They're scared of Joe Rogan. They want to keep him off the air because they don't want you to know the truth kind of thing. So it's like the very moment that then there's a step taken in the direction to try to reel something back. Oh, see, we told you they were scared of us. Now, you know, they're trying to censor us because they're afraid. And then it builds that narrative. And I just feel like now when you've got so many people who would take that perspective who are, you know, who are in elected government positions, it gets really complex trying to sort. What's the best, what's the most appropriate way? Where does the weight really belong on Spotify? Because it's like, you know, as a person who th- does believe that corporations take responsibility, it's also this thing of like, it just feels like people are dumb. Like people are so dumb. And I do agree with what you said before, People are always going to find new platforms, new mediums to be able to connect. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like in terms, and, and you know, and but but yeah, when somebody builds up that kind of a um, that kind of a following, well, of course, you know, Spotify or whatever is going to go where where the money is. It just it just brings up all kind of interesting dynamics because some of it for me is like, what do you do that actually works? What's going to be effective? I mean, I don't, you know, how many times have we seen things like even when you try to shut something down that the energy of that seems to blow it up more? Like, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't know. I don't know where any of that lands right now in this in this context. Well, and I think that I think that might be something that people are taking into consideration, like Brene Brown. If she stays away, it amplifies what she doesn't want to amplify. Right, right. And so it's, you know, like there's there's a place to speak. But you also can't, uh, Trevor Noah said it, said it the best about her in particular, mm. that she might not be your therapist, mm. but she is your therapist therapist. Yeah, boy, that's true. Like, right. we, we can't have her not speaking. Yes, yes. Because, like, to stand up for, we need her to stand up for what she stands up yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. And so we need, we want all the voices. Like, I don't want to silence things. Right. But we need to be... We need to be able to discern better yeah. what is, like when a person tells you, I'm a comedian, mm. I myself am an overgrown ape, Yeah, My, I'm stupid, you know, mm. I just, I can, I say things that sound kind of smart and I talk to smart people, like, mm-hmm. we should listen to him, mm. that's when we should listen to him, not mm. at his conclusions, right, but right from right. the jump, when yeah. he's basically saying, do not listen to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. just having conversations with people. Yeah. Now I wish he'd pick better people. Not. Well, let me not say it that way. No, I hear you. But I wish he'd pick better people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's kind of trying to tell you what's going on. But people mm-hmm. can't. A lot of people can't make that distinction. And if you hear what you want to hear enough times right. from the popular guy, right? You don't feel like there's anything wrong. And continuing those yes, feelings, yes. continuing to say those things, mm. or taking even what he says yeah. further out of context, yeah. and running with it like well, this is everyone thinks this way, you know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, that's as dangerous as spreading any other type of misinformation. It, it was. Um, I want to get to a couple of questions that are coming through now, which uh, please send those in comments. I re- I really want us to engage tonight. I'm in the mood for that. Um, this also goodwill, and I love, you know, so you made me think of something there though, when you said, and it was, and I did, it's funny in terms of like rest the language of, uh, uh, better people, 
But I feel like that's part of what's been muddy about even the sort of Joe Rogan phenomenon, too, is, okay, having people on like the founder of the Proud Boys, but I think he's had, you know, Colonel West on yep. three or four times and that kind of stuff, too, yeah. to where it's like this weird, what is this exactly? What does this person stand for? You know what I mean? It's kind of... Yeah, and, and what, what's uncomfortable is he probably looks at those as balanced. Right, I'm sure he does, yeah. Cork, Dr. Yeah. West... Is not the opposite, right? Of the founder of the Proud Boys, <laughs> right? This is correct. Yes, like he, you know, like he's not yes. advocating <laughs> violence, right? At a different group of people, he's not yes. advocating violence at all. Yes, yes. And so it's just you don't need to give that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to give a platform. Cor- absolutely, to violence. Like a- that's absolutely unnecessary. I, I will say, to, I will go to my grave contending that. A lot of how the whole, I'm not trying to sidebar too much here, but how the whole Trump phenomenon came to be what it is, was, because I really do believe, and that's what's weird, right, is that even whether uh, there are people who say kind of in Joe Rogan's camp or about that situation, just like some of the stuff Russell Brand saying, the, you know, the media, the media narrative. And some of the, there is truth to their, to, to some of those claims in the sense that like, yeah, I think we do need to talk about corporate America, and when you have these conglomerates that own news, I mean, there are problems, but I just think they're often misidentified. I mean, I think so much of what we saw happen with Trump was, you know, a lot of the actually very mainstream, even like the NPR type kind of sources had this sense of like, okay, well, no matter how absurd and bizarre these things are, that's the other side. So we need to give, we need to give equal time and perspective. And I feel like that's so much of what fueled the Trump phenomenon to begin with is stuff that really should have been laughed out of the room. This idea of like, well, no matter how fringe this is, we need to give it equal, sp- equal time, equal space, equal attention, fact with not fact, like as if any of this exists in the same universe. So anyway, I just love that you say that. I said that in context of the Joe Rogan stuff is if like somehow Proud Boys and <laughs> Dr. West is, oh, a little of this and a little of that. Need, need, need some of both sides. <laughs> yeah, we just need to, ske- we need to move where that center line is just a little bit. Yes, yes. Because, you know, because they, yeah, yeah. they Ju- have their own platform. Julie Hodgen, hi Julie, was saying that she would love to hear some thoughts on how Whoopi was treated in contrast with Joe Rogan. Excellent. That's good, Julie. Excellent. Uh, it's very interesting that she gets sat down for two weeks. Yeah. Immediately. And with the Spotify situation, other people are sitting themselves down. Sure. While Joe records on his phone, sorry. Sorry. And keeps pushing. Right, right. And what... That one's a tough one, too. But what Whoopi was saying... Got incredibly misunderstood. Mm. Her point was... And, and she articulated it on uh, Colbert. She gave like a good example, I believe. I think it was her. Um, that if she were standing next to a... Jewish person, yeah, and the Nazis were coming, yeah. She would have to run, mm. and the person she was standing next to wouldn't necessarily have to run because mm. they wouldn't know. And that was her point. Her point was, it's when she said it wasn't about race. It yeah. was. It's not about something you can see. Mm. Like you have to do. She was saying you have to do an investigation into someone mm-hmm. to find out if they are Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different situation. 
But instead of being able to just say, hey, this is what I meant. Yeah. Can we just keep moving? She had to sit down. Mm. She doesn't have 11 million streams every right. couple of days. Right. So she had to she had to take the humble pie. Uh, right, right. Well, this this cracks up in like so many things for me. I mean, one, I'm so tired in general of the idea. I feel like at some point in our just cultural language, there has to be a distinction between a gaffe and an ideology. Yes. Like, can there ever be space for someone to not say something well, mm-hmm. to word something poorly? Ah, uh, they could have said that better. Ooh, that didn't come out great. I, there's a difference between a gaffe and and an ideology. I think it. You know, part of what's been scary about I would say scary, some of the stuff that I feel like people are parsing right now about the Joe Rogan stuff is they're you know being confronted with clips and stuff like oh. Well, that's a pretty strong, consistently articulated ideology. Here's guests, here's people that have been hosted, whose platform's been promoted, that that bring this sort of ideology. I just think this sort of gotcha thing of like, oh, well, here's a moment where you said something that might could have been expressed better. Okay, maybe that's a gaffe. Maybe that's like, or maybe, maybe one sentence, <laughs> maybe like one, the connective tissue of one extra sentence would make that feel yeah. very differently. And, and now it's like, you need to sit down for like two weeks. But I love your whole question though, of like the whole, and I think that even, I don't know that's exactly what Julie's driving at, but I'm guessing that might be the spirit of it in terms of contrast to situations. I mean, I don't guess Chappelle exactly sat down but the idea was kind of trying to sit him down. It's very interesting, I think, like in the Joe Rogan situation. Like, oh, okay, here's somebody who actually is in a position, the way that social media works, the way that streaming works, etc. Is anyone even in a position to make this person sit down? And, 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 what, and, and what does that mean? That in, uh, in these other... <laughs> what would be the common thread here? <laughs> these other stories that people are like, oh, just insist, like, you know, they need to go away for a while and we can't listen to them at all. But here it's like, well, he apologized and, you know, the, the new podcast is up the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm torn. I'm honestly torn. <laughs> because, I don't know. Like, it's... You can't sit him down. That's for one. There, mm. He's un, in my opinion, he's untouchable. Mm. He's untouchable because he built his own thing. Yeah. And it, like I said, he can go anywhere and do it on his own. He was doing it on his own. And that's, that's not the worst thing. Mm. But we need to kind of be able to pick the fights that need to be picked when they need to be picked. Yeah. It's yeah. not... We're not sure we're winning this one. Yeah. Let's now start circulating this other stuff he used to do. Because if right. we start doing... Look, listen. He has said an incredible amount mm-hmm. of insufferable things yeah. about yeah. everybody. Yeah. And has allowed every opinion um, unchecked about every... Like, you can make... Pick a per- people group. You can go cut yourself some snippets mm-hmm. and find tons of things Joe has said. That is incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. But it's not it's not like, hey, we think we're losing this fight, so let's now start caring right. about when he did this. Right. Like, let's care about that when he did it. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe he never ends up with the unstoppable platform mm. to where now there's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. 
because he's I'm, <laughs> he's just that guy. Like he's a mm. he's a type of guy who doesn't know he's a type of guy. Yeah, that doesn't know he's attracting a type of person. Mm. Mm. And so he's just going to keep moving on That's as this. You know, I'm supporting. I, I'm protecting your right to say what you want because yeah. I'm a comedian and we're the last line of defense. If yeah. we can't say it, nobody can say it. Yeah. It's like oh, and I. I I see some of that, mm-hmm. but there's the stage and your art, right? And then there's just you and a buddy sitting around putting it on the internet. There's yeah. a huge difference between yeah. your art and like Alex Jones isn't a comedian. No, that's right. Yeah, the Proud Boys aren't funny. No, no, that's right. No, at all. <laughs> no, so like that's a <laughs> that's different right. set of rules. Yeah, and you yeah. can't just hide behind the well. One that's of good. my jobs, that's good, is comedian. Mm. So I can always. Yeah. Just say whatever and allow yes. whatever and defend whatever. Yes. I just I think I think he owes himself and the rest of us a little bit more responsibility in that. And yeah. and, he, and to, yeah. to some extent he has shown a willingness to do that. Yeah. Uh to try to produce uh counter arguments in the next episode instead mm. of 6 months later we'll address right. the Right. But uh, and that's, you know, that's, I guess, the best you can hope for with yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it really is, even you're saying that, Will, I'm seeing how it, that's part of the complexity is that there are kind of two different questions bound up in it. One is, um, what are the ramifications of for public health, you know, when on a popular podcast, people regularly hear mm-hmm. misinformation about COVID versus, because I feel like, you know, and again, I'm not saying even saying that's not an an important conversation, but I just feel like a lot of the other stuff, while again, I think it's certainly pertinent to a person's platform, whatever really becomes more of a question of like, is this person an asshole or not? Whereas like, I feel like the initial, the initial thing about like COVID is more like, okay, it's a public health crisis when people don't, you know, but I mean, I think there's a a way the other can be a crisis too. It's just what makes those dynamics very interesting. Mm. Is it fair to collapse? all of this together <laughs> or, or are they two very different yeah. conversations? That's one of the interesting questions, I think. Uh, Julie said, I have trouble believing Rogan doesn't realize what he's creating. That's an interesting point. Uh, Nicole said, not when the repercussions are actual life and death for certain people. And it does remind me like in general, how this is just, this is an extraordinary time. And I feel like now where there's so many dynamics and, so many things we haven't dealt with before uh, in terms of, I mean, I know we've had pandemics before, but I think all this technology, media resources, it is interesting, especially I think in a moment like this, when like, you know, when somebody goes out of bounds and people try to flex to, and you wonder, like, oh, is anybody even powerful enough to flex in a way that could shift any of this? I mean, you just get a real sense of like where, well, and I also don't know, I don't know that that necessarily means they shouldn't do something. Like sure, just because sure. Just because he can go off and start something else doesn't mean Spotify shouldn't let him do that. Right. Um, at some point in time, you do have to take, you have to take a stance as a company. Yeah. Like we are for this or we are against this. Yeah. Uh, and it's okay if they don't want to. I personally don't use Spotify, so mm. I'm not... Too mm-hmm. bent out of shape about what they're doing. Mm. I don't like their interface. Like this, mm. I just have never <laughs> liked it. Uh, and I don't know. I just I'm with Julie. You know, I'd like to say 
he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, or didn't consciously do this. But at the same time, even when he was apologizing, he addressed these things as I should have the you know mainstream opinion on yeah. right after the controversial one. Like he yeah. was calling it the controversial. Like I yeah. know I'm bringing on controversial guests yeah. to say controversial things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he acts like it's just oh, I'm just letting them yeah. say their piece. Yeah. You know, but he moved to Texas because he didn't like how California was right protecting people right you know like there's he's clearly on a side of it yeah and while it might be he's a somewhat nuanced person i guess Mm. that's not an excuse still for like you said just being an asshole yeah that's just not an excuse yeah and i think it's like as much as the question of like intentions might matter in terms of how we think about somebody, like you know, like how how we if we view them in an empathetic light or something, I do feel like if the last few years have taught us anything, it's been that well, I don't know. To, to what extent does it matter what someone intends to do? I mean, I to this, I'm not trying to bring everything back around to that, but I to this minute still believe that like with Donald Trump, if he, I feel like he's such a true pathological narcissist that if in the early days of his campaign. If he would have felt wildly celebrated somehow by Al Sharpton, then he might have decided like he wanted to, you know, make him pretend he was a folk hero for like civil rights or something. I truly don't think he cares about anything except like his brand name. But past a certain point, it doesn't matter like what your intentions are as much as he like might be like a blank shell of a mind. Plenty of people in his ear who absolutely know what they're doing, and you know, and those narcissistic personality traits, all that, that gets manipulated, and then a thing is created that's out of control, and that you know, you know, so so I think Duke, it does maybe pass a certain point. No matter what someone is intending to do, you are creating something. Yeah. <laughs> something is being created. A community is being created. These dynamics are being created, and whether or not a person intends to kind of open up Pandora's box in a certain way doesn't mean. That they're not actually doing it. I mean, it's the it's the WWE effect. Yeah, that's it's, right. I may not agree with what I'm saying, right? But it's getting heat. It's yeah, building that's right. Heat, that's right. And heat draws eyes, gets clicks. So as long as I'm poking someone, yes, it's working. Yes. And so then I can go home and tell myself I'm not really that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just doing that because it works. You yeah. Know? But that you can't. You just can't do, like, you obviously can do it, but you shouldn't. Like, there should be some place where you're like, I don't want to perform a fake version of me that is built around only controversy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then in my private life, tell myself, I'm just, I'm a good guy. Yeah. I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm just letting that, letting that happen. Like, that is, uh, you can't be both. That's right. That's right. You can't be both. Like, yeah. Well, however you are behaving, yeah, is who you are. Yeah. Like you're choosing to do those things. That's who you are. Yeah. And so own that. Mm-hmm. Don't apologize mm-hmm. to me. That's Don't apologize yeah, to right, me. Pretend right. like yeah, yeah. I didn't know we couldn't say it in certain mm-hmm. content. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. You came up in the comedy store. Sure. With Chappelle and Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. You're telling me no one ever said. Yeah, you can't say it. Yeah, you yeah. can't say it. Yeah, it's like I didn't know. Mm. Of course you knew. Mm. Every like that's not a complicated thing. You might not have liked that there was a word you're not allowed to say. Yeah, uh, tough. Yeah, there's some words you're not allowed to say. You know, 
but you can't pretend you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then wash yourself of it. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's not it's not something that works for me. Um, but I think that's the that's the power. It's don't listen to them. Yeah, that's Do not good. Listen that's to good. Them. That's the only way. And you know, the uh, however many people listen to him, and the the, the Venn diagram mm. of Joe Rogan and Brene Brown is probably not a big right. Probably not. I thought about that. You know, <laughs> right? There's not a lot of crossover there. So you know, it, that is what it is. But I don't know. I do wonder. I you know, I don't. I don't think I do myself any. Favors just getting in over my head and not trying to open this thing up too far. But even there, will and I've come a couple of times, even among comedians like with Chappelle, it's where I feel like even even though I think that's a, an important conversation. All the controversy around Chappelle and Netflix in the last uh, special, The Closer, I was actually talking with Joel about this the other day. Like part of where part of for me, like it. One of the things that's been important to me about the Chappelle conversation is whether or not he crossed the line in terms of the jokes about trans people and all that. And like, I feel like that conversation is really, really important. I still feel like Chappelle, um, even where he airs, has made a profound point consistently through his career that I don't want to see negated. And, I, and he makes it so directly in that special in terms of like, hey... Um, I feel like he's always pointing to the very essential ways that there is kind of a racial critique that people are just, they'll accept anything before, before that. And, and the kind of like, hey, I just think that the, there's some essential things that Dave has always said about race that I think are important, whatever the missteps are like here. And I feel like with like Chappelle, it's complex enough to where it's at least really parsing and sitting with and like wrestling with or like whatever. I feel like in the case of like Joe Rogan, I just don't know that I feel like this is someone who stands for that. There, there's like this larger thing there that's positive right. that makes me say like, well, yeah, but there, you know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like I'm saying that clumsy. No, I, but, I think I, Chappelle walked out on a limb and started cutting it off. Right. On purpose. Right. I know I'm going to fall. I'm, this is for that purpose, but I have an I have a goal that I feel is a righteous one in addressing this issue of like everyone has their thing yeah. that attaches directly to them, and yeah. if it doesn't attach directly to them, it no longer seems as important. Yeah, and he was try I think trying to say. I think he was ultimately trying to say we need to have each other's back, mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. not. He, it came across in a transphobic way yeah. for, to make the dramatic point he was trying to make. And you can either like that or not. That was the art he was trying to do. And mm-hmm. maybe that missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't. But that was the clear goal of that art. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, if I have said something in my free time, I'll apologize for it. Because, oh, I'm sorry that upset you or whatever. Yeah. I just, you know. There was no, it's not careless what Dave is doing. Yeah. Um, it might be insensitive. Sure. But there, it, there is always a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Which is not, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle the idea of anyone being insulted by the things that he said. He said, yes. He has said tons of insulting things sure. to lots of people. Um, I'm a 
huge Chappelle fan. And some of that stuff is hard for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, same topics are ultimately why I stopped listening to Rogan years ago. I'm like, you're not, you are not where I need you to be. Yeah. yeah. To be putting words in my head. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to listen. Like, you're not helping me grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just, I'm not upset necessarily with his platform. I'm upset that there's that many people that don't want to grow. Yeah, wow. That's it's not right. Yeah, right, right. Yes, like his, yes. He's untouchable because that many people yes. don't want to grow. Yes, yes. That's what's upsetting to me. Yes, yes. That people don't demand better. And yes. I think that's maybe where what I was circling around, even though I didn't know how to say it better, um, kind of earlier on with this whole idea in terms of like hey yeah i think we need to it's important to talk about what spotify's role in this but i always think with some in a moment like the one that we're in i'm always find myself grappling more with what do we do with the raw amount of humans who identify well like, you know what i mean I, I still feel like that's the that's the bigger thing yeah than any one platform you mm-hmm. know and um, and what do we do with that? And I feel like you know to then to blame one platform too much is a way of avoiding looking in the mirror and saying like, okay, well, how is it precisely that that like we as people? Yes, because <laughs> Spotify is catching the heat for the last twelve years, right? When he was on Stitcher, Apple, YouTube, and everything else, right? And nobody said anything. That's right. That's right. Like Spotify is not responsible for twelve years ago. Yes, I'm glad they're pulling stuff. Sure, I'm glad they're sure. going back and pulling sure. things. Like they, that's a good move yeah. on their part. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does when the Spotify deal ends. Yeah, does he go back out and go find the episodes they pulled and say, "I want mm-hmm. these back" because of mm-hmm. free speech, or does he say, "Look"? You know, there was a reason these got pulled. I'm ashamed of them. Because saying you're ashamed of something. Right. And then deciding I don't want to make money off of that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Are yes. two entirely different things. Yes. And yes. one one disproves the other. Like yeah. If you want that money from that thing you're supposed to be ashamed of, you're not ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah. That's just how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but wear it. And wear it proudly. So mm. we know. You know, let me know. Right. That you and I have nothing in common. So I don't have to waste my time. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, I, I feel like some time was wasted on because he, you know, he he asked good questions. He sure, has interesting sure. people on. Yeah. If it's above board regular stuff, there've been great ones, but there yeah. are also a lot where you're like, even though that was a great guest, mm-hmm. that was the most misogynist thing I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah. That was the most yeah. transphobic thing I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah. That was the most veiled racist comment. Mm-hmm. I've heard today. I won't say mm-hmm. I've heard anybody say I've heard lots of weird things that way. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, there's that circle of, of if I keep doing this, it grows. Yes, yes. And doing that for the sense of capitalism mm-hmm. or freedom or whatever. Like, I just don't think it's, I think your priorities are off. It makes me, and I'm, these comments are so great, Nicole, Julia. I'm going to get back to those in just a second. Um, Jordan, uh, I just, I'm thinking about how, Will, just in all this, um, and I'm not trying to, t- I really, I don't mean this to steer this in one direction or the other. It's just kind of my sense of, 
part of what happens, like the Joe Rogan phenomenon as it's grown, all that. Some of it, I just, it's like there's just this basic human need of same reason that people on some level still want to be pastored, even though they don't necessarily want to identify with the church or something. Here's a guy who shows up with a microphone every day, facilitates conversations with people where there are real like human elements to it. And none of that, none of that's ever been like remarkable. I just think people are so hungry for that level of, of connection. And when yeah. you have that many just raw hours on the internet, day after day, conversation after conversation, and people feel like they're connected to this person on the other side of, the, of that mic, you know, I just think there's something in that that just speaks to me of just this, this longing that people have to, and I think especially like in this kind of digital age, so the way that so many people are listening to podcasts is through headphones. It's intimate communication. It's like someone's whispering in your ears. Mm -hmm. You start to feel like, oh, this person is my friend. And maybe you give them the kind of passes that you would give a friend of kind of like, oh, well, he maybe went a little bit here. I don't love how he said that. But, you know, like Joe's a good guy because they feel like they know him because they feel like, oh, well, because I've, you know, fans are listening to 12 hours a week mm. of Joe Rogan content, you know? So it's like, I'm just wow, so, Joe. I'm just interested in that whole and just sort of that human craving beneath it because that's what my listeners know. Like, I don't feel like anything that's happening here is just like remarkable, but I think people are so hungry for just someone to show up in a digital space yeah. consistently and where they curious. feel like there's some sort of a friendship that happens. They feel seen. Yes, yes. Oh, and now I, I need to figure out how to block because I don't do that because someone I think is trying to. <laughs> we definitely do not want to stream girls here. <laughs> so this is where I need to figure out the platform of, of YouTube, everybody. <laughs> um, so, Will, like, um, not to shift gears too hard, but one of the things that I do appreciate about, like, the idea of a long-term format in general is... You know, you get to talk about different stuff. The way that, like, when we're talking, we just talk about different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so this isn't too hard to pivot. And of course, you know, Cece's coming on in a few days, and uh, we're going to talk about some, you know, some different things. But I did want to talk about knowing, especially, you know, we've had conversations um, plenty before about James Baldwin. I know you're a Baldwin reader. Um, so coming into Black History Month this year, always, I feel like now, there's never a time that's not but there's not a lot, of, a lot of things swirling. But I'm just curious what's kind of being stirred up in you as just, I don't know, it's such a strange... Uh, so I like, I like that this year, um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Black History Months have themes. Yeah. And this year's uh, uh, health awareness, like it, mm -hmm. you know, which makes sense, we're in a pandemic. Um, and so I've, I've found that interesting to be my guide this year of trying to learn about, um, African Americans that have done something in that vein. Mm. And so like, I recently made a little video about, uh, or mentions James McCune Smith. Yeah. Um, and so he became the first. Uh, African-American to be award, well not awarded, he earned it, a uh, medical degree, and he opened the first black-owned pharmacy uh, in 1837. Um, and he, he, let's see, what did, I, what did I say he did? He pioneered uh, the use of statistics to disprove 
uh, all these notions of inferiority. Okay. Um, which is you know, which is a wild thing to be discussing. I thought like when I pulled yeah. him up because we're still dealing with people not understanding what to do with statistics. Right, right. Uh, or disagreeing with statistics if those statistics don't back up their preconceived notion. Yes. And so, you know, since 1837, there has been hard data to disprove all of these, mm. hey, w- white men have better brains, mm-hmm. black men have better bodies kinds of concepts that Joe had talked about. Uh, not to go back. No, that's, yeah. But um, that's been my thing. My push for people this month is learn about medical-related African-American history, which is African-American history is what we have done, not what has been done to us. My big push, do not learn about slavery this month. Mm, That is not black history. Yeah, that's so good. Slavery is (laughs) world history, European history, all kinds of Mm. other history. It is not our history. Yeah, yeah. Um, So don't learn about that this Mm. month. You have plenty of time to deal with that in any other time of the year. But uh, I think positivity as a goal, Mm. um, when you look into things, is the best way to go about it. Like, let's not... This is not to say we should not learn about right, sure. those, those things, but let's not confuse that yeah. with black history. That's such, a, that's such a great and interesting point, because I feel like how often or how early is, has that even been embedded in schools where it's kind of like, oh, it's Black History Month. Um, we're going to show uh, roots in class all week. Yeah. And that becomes like, this is black history. I, just, yeah. I think that's such an important point. And it's it's a thing that, like, I understand, I guess, to some extent why it would happen. Sure. But what I don't think people realize is it kind of subconsciously places that as the beginning of your history. Yeah, yeah. This is your origin. Right, right. Well, it's like, well, no, we were mm. loving it mm. in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. when people showed up, like we were fine. Mm. We were just mm. fine. And that is where, you know, and a lot of us have a hard time being able to obviously trace where we can we come yeah. from. Um, like I've done uh, 23 and me mm-hmm. to kind of get a breakdown of things so I can kind of see where my genetics are from. Okay. But I, you know, looking back from my family history, it, it ends in slavery like uh, Dan mm-hmm. Windsor. From Louisiana, well, he died in Louisiana, Claiborne Parish. He was either from Missouri or from Maryland. We mm. cannot tell from the records. Born a slave, uh, the product of his mother, a slave, and her owner, for lack of a better term. Mm. Um, and that's as far back as we can go. We don't know his mother's name. We don't know if she was the first here. We don't, please. We don't know if, you know, we don't know anything more. And that's just been this, like wall Mm. Um, and so you can kind of get caught into that because you can't place like Deanna can trace her family back to the 1700s or something Wow. Okay. you know and so it's like there's these things that you can oh we're from this part of you know and we know these names and it can be kind of troubling to be like I can't go further back than 1850 Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. it is um but it's interesting, like, uh, I have a genotype that, like, Ramses Third and I have a common ancestor. Wow. So I don't, I can't, obviously can't trace myself to it. 
but I don't have to start mm. as the descendant of a slave in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But an Egyptian pharaoh in me have a common yeah. grandfather, you know? Like, that's like a, a, a better way to frame things. This, well, I just have to say, I love so much... I find this to be so powerful. I don't think this is a conversation I've had this way. And it's like, on the one hand, I don't have the resources in terms of it all as a white guy living in Oklahoma um, to get my head around any of it. But I tell you one thing, theologically, and I feel like I've been wrestling this for years. How many times have I seen it? How many times have I tried to talk to people about it or whatever? I've said a thousand times, makes all the difference in the world whether you start your story in Genesis 1 or Genesis, Genesis 3. Is it with God creating everything and everyone good? Yeah. Or, it was, or is it with the fall? And I know for a fact, because I see the uh, implications theologically every day, how different it looks like when faith systems are constructed out of original sin mm-hmm. as opposed to original goodness. And, I, and it's like, it's, it's monumental. It's everything. Whether or not you start with a good God who creates people good out of love Versus at the start of your story, really, is it the problem of original sin or whatever? So it's just kind of blowing my mind right now <laughs> that in terms of how we function in the world, that that shift would be that monumental. You know, yeah. like, does, does black history begin with the oppression of black people? Does it begin with, does it begin with trauma? Or does it start? from a place of goodness that doesn't have to do with the narrative of the oppressor that doesn't have to do with like well what how why why do they get to be <laughs> featured that prominently yeah in the stories of uh, like of, of a people i just never thought about that how monumental that shift would be it's, here it's <laughs> the way i have like theologically it's absolutely massive. jeez because it's not i mean it doesn't i mean i don't know it doesn't change a ton of things, but it does give you a sense of something else. It's not, hey, everything that's happened to my family throughout whenever yeah. has been horrible. Yeah. Because that's not true. Mm. That's just simply not true. Mm. Um, and the bounce back is a, a better story. Mm, right well like hey this was going on and eventually you know the laws were changed and so then then eventually some more laws were changed and now we're kind of inching towards Mm -hmm. no we started off somewhere else completely happy yeah and then something happened that was awful Mm. and despite that we have found a way to both identify as something kind of unique and special mm. because of that and despite that. Yeah. Because it's not the beginning. It's it's a pause. Yeah. It's a yeah. long, yeah. terrible pause. Yeah. But to come back from that mm-hmm. isn't from something else is entirely different than just, well, you know, we we got out of it. We got out yeah. from under it. Well eventually. Well. It's like, no, no, no. We went through something terrible from a good place to yes. a bad place reaching towards another good place it's just uh it's the truth yeah it's not it's yeah, not that's a better right. that's story right. it's what is true yeah yeah and we're we're robbed of it mm-hmm. by starting on a slave ship yes yeah. yes because that's such a selective 
telling in the same way I think theologically the other thing works. It's like, okay, well, no one is saying that all human stories don't involve brokenness. But if you start with brokenness, as if that's your origin, mm. as if the origin is brokenness, as opposed to wholeness. Well, you know, in the, I mean, in one case, what you return to is love. In the other, then it's like the only thing there would be to return to is brokenness. This is true, like electrifying my brain right now, like in this context, to think that you're know, like, okay, you can't start the story with trauma. And how even, and again, hey, like, you know, always appreciating any well-intentioned steps to go in the right direction. But how often, even from good intentions, that then the move becomes, okay, oh, this month we need to talk about black history, so let's go straight back to trauma. And the first thing anybody hears is like, whether, you know, I don't, you know uh, a story from like 1850, as if like this is where the story starts. That's mm. just, man, that's, I don't know, that's just setting off a lot in me right now. That's so and it's, it's interesting, too, the way you place the theological point on it, because I was... I was in my 30s mm. before it occurred to me that it was very good from the goods was us. Mm. Yeah. The very good yeah. was us. And to just jump right over that. Yeah. And be like, well, some people touched fruit, so you're right. terrible. You're <laughs> That's all right. terrible That's forever. Right. Yes, yes. Like, we were very good yeah. yesterday. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. I'm not so sure that's a yes. good reading right. of, of what's going on that's there. right that's right because i don't know mm. but it was it took forever mm. to to slow down enough to read genesis one by itself yeah and say oh this is an interesting story by itself yeah that tells a beautiful full story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then there's stories after it mm -hmm. and they're good too for right. their that's own right. reasons that's right that's know? right but that's not it's not a precursor yeah Genesis 1 is a story, to me. Yes, let yes. Me not, let me not declare it. I'm no theologian. But oh, Genesis you are a theologian. <laughs> is its own full, beautiful, yes. poetic story. It, You know, well, it just makes me think, because, I don't know, when you think about that. And again, I, and now I'm moving, like, kind of, you know, in and out of these sort of seamlessly. But the way that, I don't know. It's like, when you think about just how important all that is like the repercussions of how we think about those things theologically in our lives what that what that does in our real lives i've thought a lot in the last couple of years and don't get me wrong the way people will fight over history um whether it's that you know the uh, you know the, the the whole kind of project of black history as it's understood now and the amount of resistance to that or whether it's you know about statues monuments or whatever um, people will get all hot and bothered and like whatever. But I have this thought that like even when I feel like people are are behaving really irrationally to it, they're not wrong to recognize the fact that whoever owns the history and the telling of history, like it's the whole ball game. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a reason why that so much gets stirred up and people get so violent and so, like so bent out of shape about monuments and about symbols and about like whatever because actually you know these things are connected in very tangible ways to real histories and who gets to narrate that history actually matters absolutely in how the world is constructed in the present and and in the future like it's not a light thing yeah. like who gets to control how history is is told
Yeah, with the statues when they're when they're erected, was an attack. Yes, that's right. That's but right. When we tell the story about it now, it's oh, you know, this is just about Southern heritage. Yes, this is about the yes. How many times do we celebrate losing a war? Right. That's right. That's right. We lost. Yeah. Yeah. What are we building statues for the losers yes, for? Yes. Not. No. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah. No, I'm it's fine not, with that. Yeah. No, I'm not going to fix that one. It's all good. I'm going to fix that one. But it's just it's it's a it's a wild thing to think that's just well it's just part of the history of it. Well, it's right. not the part you tell. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. The guy that won. Let's put that. Let's put that statue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of that flag. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. There's there's no reason to maintain that. Yeah. But to prop up systems. Yes, that's prop right. Prop up ideas that's right. and keep other people... I don't even want to say other people down. I want to say groups of people at odds with each other. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's ultimately what it kind of stems from. Absolutely. It's, it's, look, we want to create this idea that... The idea of, of whiteness. Yeah. Which is not the same thing that a lot of people think it is. Like That's right. A, That's so right. We're protecting a certain type of people yeah. with a certain amount of cash uh, by causing this division. Yeah. And still refusing to see that mm-hmm. is just kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like at That's this right. point, it's, there's right. way too much obviousness to it mm. um, that we are, the fact that we're still kind of fighting over this over and over again or having these weird little arguments um, about whether or not this is happening in the real world. Yeah. Uh, Whether or not these words matter. Whether or not these types of things should bother people. Uh, It's just we are fighting a a, a fight we've already fought. That's right. We fought this and we're not accepting the outcome to it. Yeah. And it's just it's it's tedious. Well, it's extremely tedious. I am convinced. I know that a lot of people don't like it when I talk like this, but it, to me, it's the only explanation. And for people, whatever even you believe about, like God or Jesus or something, this is where I feel like I would contend that there needs to be some kind of space for at least acknowledging or accepting the the reality of some kind of a spiritual realm. I don't think there's any way to explain the level of the attachment that people feel and the upheaval that happens around statues, symbols, monuments, like whatever, except the fact that they're real spiritual dynamics at play. These are, (laughs) there's a reason that statues have always been connected to, to worship. These are powerful centers of meaning that are connected to stories from which people get a sense of identity. Mm-hmm. And when you start to move it, you can say all you want. Like, oh, no, this is about my heritage. It's, the, it's not, it's, <laughs> this is heritage, not hate, like whatever. But you start to move it and people lose their minds because yeah. really this is a source of something from which there's, there is identity, 
there's meaning, there's life that's been drawn from this. And that is a powerful spiritual force. And there's a reason then like people start spinning around their heads like the exorcist when these things get messed with. But then we'll say, now, it's, now I'm not saying it's that big of a deal. I just think, but, but, well, no, you do think it's that big of a deal because like your, your like deep sources of identity and meaning for you mm-hmm. are being challenged in this way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like something very religious, something very spiritual about the, uh, going on underneath that, that people often don't, uh, just uh, don't, are not able to acknowledge. It's taking Santa Claus from people. That's right. The, the myths have been built and to actively take something down is to say the myth you have built for yourself for yes. this memory yes. is not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I think it hurts so much is not that people necessarily care about the people on those statues or in the art. It's you are telling me grandpa isn't the perfect grandpa that I thought Ooh, he was. That's right. Yes, yes. Because grandpa said it wasn't that bad. Yes. And if I believe what you're saying, mm. he was covering for his own thing. Yeah. And I can't lose my vision yes. of grandpa. Yes. yes. And it's like, yeah, I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but deal with it. Uh, that's it. That is it. That is it. Because deal with it. In almost if every something cover, that's happened right. to my grandparents. That's right. That's right. Your grandparents did it. Like it's that's, okay. No, right. That's right. <laughs> but the stories I have from my family, somebody was there. Yes. The, the, you know the the people yes. in the pictures of the sit-ins, like mm. they're yeah alive. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. They're yes. around. Yes. And they're telling their grandkids, <laughs> oh, wasn't that bad? <laughs> Mima and Peepaw did it. <laughs> but it, well, and I feel like this a lot even when I talk about, you know, I don't know. Because like, a lot of the painfulness of the Pentecostal history is very subversive in a lot of ways, the Christian people I come from. But then during the Civil Rights Movement, the kind of Pentecostals I came from mostly set it out. And I've had, that's been a hard pill to swallow, like this sense of like, hey, wow. A lot of the people directly that were the forefathers of I moved that love or like whatever, just didn't say anything. Tried to pretend it wasn't happen- happening. Put their heads in the sand. That happened. It's you know, it's these are just facts. And I just think it's it's interesting to me now how often I feel like in this conversation, what I really hear is some version of, and people don't say it quite this way, but it's really what they're saying. Because um, a lot of people kind of concede, make disclaimers, like whatever, like. It's sort of, well, I hear what you're saying, but in order to get to that place would require pain. And I'm just not, I'm not willing to endure that pain. And now that's like, no matter what people are saying on a top of, that's what I'm hearing every time. Uh, I, that may be true, but re- uh, coming to fully realize the truth is going to cost me something. I'm going to feel it too deeply. I can't handle that. So let's, let's go on to something else. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it though. No, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> I don't get it though because I don't know how much that hurts. Well, that's the thing. You know what I mean? That's like, right. Yes, how much that's can right. It possibly hurt to think Grandpa was a little less awesome. Like I guarantee you, mm. all of our grandfathers, yeah, were yeah. less awesome than we remember <laughs> them being. 
<laughs> please, all of them. is it? If you're still watching, please, someone. This needs to be tweeted. This needs to go out there. All of our grandfathers are less awesome than we remember them being. Ed Will James. <laughs> that is no, a great... <laughs> dead serious. My my grandmother, my father's mother. Um, we we were joking around with her at a Thanksgiving dinner, and we were asking her if she was going to start dating again because my mm-hmm. grandfather had been gone for. I mean, 15 years by then. Okay. And she was like, why would I ever put myself... She's like, I loved your, your grandfather. Mm. Why would I take care of him? Why would I do that? <laughs> well... Why would I do that? And, I, and I, she didn't mean anything weird about right, it. Right, sure, They sure. had a great yeah. relationship. But it's just... That was a long time ago. And, you know, uh, patriarchy is a... a, a Sob, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and our grandmothers went through some stuff. They went through some things that you're like, we would never do. Yeah, yeah, we would never do. We would never think about doing. But our grandfathers, as lovely as they were, yeah. it was normal for them to just leave kind of everything. Yeah, everything yeah. on their their spouses. It makes me wonder, Will, if, and I'm not trying to oversimplify something, but if the reason that people would be that reluctant, that slow. To acknowledge that everything about Grandpa wasn't awesome. If on some level, does it come down to to acknowledge everything about Grandpa that I've idealized about Grandpa wasn't awesome? Means I have to acknowledge everything I've idealized about myself in my own life yeah. is not awesome. You know, like if 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 he if this was a, a good person in the sense they were well intentioned, meant well, did like whatever, loved their family, but they had real flaws. Like, oh, well, then I'd have to look at my flaws. And it's like, man, I just think it's so interesting how people... History is powerful for people in that way. It's like if they can, if they can turn somebody into an ideal, it becomes a means through which like, oh, well, I can idealize my own life. Absolutely. I also mean well like Grandpa, who also, you know, well, maybe he didn't get some things right, but he had a heart of gold and blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. And if that's really what your aim is, is to not have to wrestle with hard truths about yourself, you kind of like... I don't know. I just wonder if you kind of like need to go back and I love this conversation, by the way, do else, that in the story we, where you come from. What else are we doing? Right. Yeah. Like if we're, if we're not saying this is where I can improve, this is where I can uh, pass a better thing on to the, like nothing has made me consciously try to be a better human. Yeah. Than raising humans. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing has put things in perspective mm. like that. But it, mm. was, it was like, look, now I can't just be who I've been. Yeah. He's going to watch me do that. Or right. She's going to see right. me do that. Like, we have to do something. And it's not about being fake. It's not about any of that. It's yeah. just, there's a sense of time where it's, look, it's time to grow up. Mm-hmm. It's time to accept that I am not actually the center of the universe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That things will move without me. Things do what they're going to do, whether I'm doing whatever I'm like. I just I'm here to grow experience to. I don't know. It, it There's a weird I I don't know if it's like a, a psychological thing, but there's mm. a this is the way we've been and we're going to stay this way. Yeah. Versus, you know, I guess I could just figure out how I'm going to do this. Yeah. And 
that I think the second way is the better way to go. Like, yeah. uh, take your lessons from those that came before you, the good yes. ones and the bad yes. ones, and actually do something with them. Yes. And form a new thing. It's not this is um, this is what Jameses do. Right. You know. Right. Uh, I'm Will. And this is what Will does. Yes. And some of that is what Jameses do. Yes. A lot of it is what Jameses do. Like I'm, yeah. I have a lot of extreme family pride. Um, because sure. I have a giant family that is wherever like they're everything, every angle, every degree. We are the entire mm. spectrum of mm. humans. And there's been something to learn from all of them. And there's mm. been things of like, oh, I get this positive trait from this group of people, these yeah. uncles, you know, and I should dial this part down yeah. that I also get from the same uncles, yeah. you know, that's not maybe, uh, and not necessarily bad, but just won't work for the people in my sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, you can't just tell everyone, this is me. Yeah. I'm never going to change, deal with it. Yeah. There is a, a personal, res not responsibility, but there's a personal, like, there should be a personal desire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to strive for something and not just be yeah. like, this is just how things are. Yes, yes, But to yes. learn why other people do things other ways. Yes. Uh, how that can be beneficial to you and adopt that or not. But yeah. to, to, to sit and just say, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, that's um, right. Even if that works out for you, it's yeah. still not the best way to prosper. Yeah, that's right. And that's so good. I was uh, <laughs> I was reading some of the comments, and um, this has been some fun back and forth here. Um, we have a new friend who I think is dismissing us as kind of leftist or something. And I just think it's, this is the thing I always find so funny about all this. Like, I've the kind of things that will end up responding to kind of in the world. Um, you got people out there saying, slavery wasn't that bad. Like all these things, there's the... <laughs> and then when you say something like, maybe grandpa wasn't right about everything. Ah, radical leftist! <laughs> it's the point I'm trying to make. It's like, I feel like it's like, it's the most rational, reasonable, empathetic, compassionate conversation I know how to have. I feel like anything that we've... Talked about tonight. I mean, we couldn't be more gentle and like trying to considering everybody's humanity, like all the things. But I feel like that's how militant people are to not have to look at, to not have to look at anything yeah. about themselves or their own story. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I legitimately don't understand what else we would be doing. Right. Like the the steady progression forward should just be kind of what we're doing. Yes. We're doing it in everything else. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We did not sit back with our rotary phones and say, That's this right. is good enough. Yes, yes. Our kids don't know what a rotary phone <laughs> is. <laughs> right, yeah. Like that, yeah. We, we, we progress everything else forward. Yes. So why not yes. move toward a more inclusive, mm. not even, well, inclusive is a great word, but just more understand. Like, I want to understand your perspective. Yeah. Whether I agree with it or not, right. I would like to understand it. Yeah, sure, sure. That's that's sauce. Mm -hmm. You know, that's seasoning. Mm -hmm. Like, otherwise, we are eating bland chicken every day. Yeah, it's no fun. Right? Yeah, no, that's no fun. Bland chicken is no fun, y'all. 
we've got to we've got to spice <laughs> things up. Yes. By challenging ourselves. Yeah. What else are we doing? Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Will. Well, I would love to do this all the night, and I still want to talk about other fun things, but I realize this conversation has gone for an hour and 15 minutes. That oh, is wow. the fastest hour and 15 minutes <laughs> I can ever recall happening. I've just definitely been lost in this. Wow. Hey, um, please uh, let Will know how much you appreciate him. Um, I, I love that we're able to facilitate conversations like this if you... Uh, feel connected to what's happening right now. Like, uh, smash that subscribe button, I think that they say. Comment. All those things certainly help us. Um, we're going to have a couple other episodes coming this week. I know Scott Erickson has a new book out, uh, Just Say Yes. It's a beautiful book. Gorgeous. Going to be talking with him. Going to be talking with Cece this week. So super excited about that. But this, I don't know what could be uh, any richer than... Uh, uh, this conversation we're having tonight. So, so sweet and so good to be with y'all. We will uh, see you very soon on the Zeitcast. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Good night.